This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Me to the Hebrews uh, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to rest there. Once again, we are making a curve, but God is going to be ministering to us according to what He's been ministering all along. I told you in times past, and I'll tell you again, the Sunday morning message, the 10 o'clock message, is always going to be the foundation of every other message. So you need to connect the knowledge. You need to understand where we're going. You need to see what God is doing. You need to have your finger on the pulse of God. You need to be aware. You need to understand exactly what's going on. So if you're in Hebrews chapter 11, I want to just remind us this morning that we have been dealing with preparing ourselves. We are still in this place of preparation. Preparing ourselves for what? The next move of God and for what's coming next. Those are two separate different uh, separate things. What The next move of God and then something else that's coming. Amen. We've learned that all that we've been learning that for months in this church. Don't don't get sleepy and forget it. We're being prepared. We want to prepare ourselves individually and as a church collectively for the next move of God and for things that are coming next. God has been telling us all the time that something else is coming and from week to week, week month to month we keep seeing something else is coming. But we still haven't seen the ultimate. I know I may not be big enough for you to believe that, but you had better believe it. We want to make sure that we're ready for whatever happens next. Because there's always a next. The word prepared means to be ready. The word prepared means to be ready. We want to make sure that we're ready in advance. We talked about that in previous teachings. For God's next move. We want to make sure that we're prepared and ready to be used by God. And we must be prepared through advanced planning. Now this is the perfect time for advanced planning that you can get ahead of the game. We got the advantage. Let's do advanced planning. We must be prepared to deal with adversities. They are coming and they are already here. And church, we want to make sure that we are prepared by establishing the will of God in our lives. Now, the scripture example that we'll be dealing with is with Noah. Everybody say Noah. Noah in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, let's read it beginning at verse 7. It says, By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Church Noah was prepared and ready in advance. Did you hear me? He was prepared and ready in advance. God could use him because First of all, he was a righteous man. Righteousness is what we must obtain to. Righteousness is what we, uh, we, we force ourselves, to, we make ourselves obey until we become righteous. God could use him because he was a righteous man. When Noah got the instructions, 
he moved, it says, in fear to the saving of his house. I love that. Noah was prepared through advanced planning. Everything that God is telling us we need to do now. This is our time. Did you understand that? Not only did Noah, listen, plan the work. See, when, when God gives you instructions, not only did he plan the work, but he worked the plan. See, you can't, you can have a lot of plans about a lot of things you're gonna do and you wanna do, but can you work the plan? You gotta work the plan. You can't just make the plan, then you gotta work the plan. You know, oh well, I got a plan. Well, when you gonna work it? You gotta work the plan. Noah did just that. He had the plan, and he got the plan from God. He got the instructions from God. He got the blueprint from God, and then he worked it. And every time you hear a message, guess what? It's a blueprint. And God is saying, work the plan. Stop trying to go around it. Stop trying to do your own thing. Stop trying to make your own blueprint on what God already knows. Noah was smart. He worked the plan. Noah was prepared to deal with adversity. Because guess what? If you're on an ark with a whole bunch of different animals and your family and you're locked in, and you're, you're going to deal with adversities in life. So you have to plan. Noah had to deal with adversity that was going on. And things that was going to come. And, and you know what? You're always going to have adversities when you do the will of God. Just know that. You'll have adversities when you do the will of God. And Noah was prepared. He established the will of God. Noah was prepared for the flood that was coming. But this morning, I have a question for you. And this question is not, was Noah prepared or in preparation? The question is, are you prepared? Because we can read about Noah and we can get all excited. But remember what God told us in our last teaching. We don't want to just be excited about what someone else has done. we got to be examples ourselves. So the question to you this morning is, are you prepared? Think on it. Are you prepared? We've been taught a lot this year and last year. And we've seen a lot this year and last year. We've seen a lot already and we've experienced a lot this year. And But the question still remains. In spite of all of our circumstances, in spite of everything that we've gone through and everything that we've seen, you still, the question still remains, are you prepared? And when I say, are you prepared? Are you prepared to be restored? Hmm. Are you prepared through a process of restoration? See, it's not going to be overnight. Are you prepared to go through the process of restoration? And those things we talked about earlier in the year and last year, you know what? And it, it leaves us to, uh, to be established. And productive. We need to be established and productive in the things of God. Grab that. Then I'm asking the question, are you prepared to restore the breaches in your life? The breaches in your family? Are you prepared to deal with those broken places and areas? 
areas of neglect that's been in your life? Are you ready? Are you prepared to deal with those things? See, we say we're prepared for a lot of things, but now is the real question. Those areas, are you prepared to deal with those repeated failures? You know, those repeated things that you keep doing year after year, month after month, week after week. You get, you say you get delivered from it, but you go back to it. You go, it's like, you know, okay, I pay the charge card off, but I'm going back and fill it up. I'm going, are you ready? Are you prepared to deal with repeated failures? Those areas where the adversary have found place in your life time after time. He don't have to go anywhere new. He goes back, right back to that same spot where there's a repeated failure. Smart enemy. Are you prepared, I'm asking you, to deal with those things? Because they're there and they're in our lives. We as people need to be prepared to establish a principle tone. A principled life. God's word is made up of principles, so we need to establish our life, our homes. They must be principled. Amen? Establishing my house on God's spiritual principles. God has spiritual principles. And not my own. That's the, that's the problem. Everybody wants to establish everything on their own principles. Your principles don't, I'm telling you, your standards way too low. You're going to have to establish everything on God's principle. That's how you have a principle life. You're a believer. I'm talking to those that are believers. I don't expect a non-believer to operate in this. But as a believers, we need to operate in that. And why do we need to operate in that? So that our children and our children's children can have generational success. And they're going to have that when we operate in the spiritual principles of God. And church, we understand during this economic time, and we have an economic crisis, we have social crisis, we have political crisis, we have all these, during, we have health crisis, we have everything going on at this time in our life. So are you prepared? Are you prepared? With this social unrest that's going on, and you hear things every day, are you prepared? With this political unrest, are you... I'm going to keep saying it because that's the time that we're in. But are you prepared to do the will of God in the midst of it? In the midst of it. It's a, this is a perfect time to ask yourself, am I really prepared? To be used by God in these unprecedented times, in these times that's going on now, am I really prepared? This is the good time to ask yourself that. Are you prepared? Because, look, I'm, for me, I'm developing a plan to address these times. I spend time with God and I'm praying. I'm on, I want to address different things that is going to address these times. I'm prepared to deal with the adversities, and you need to be, that's coming in your life. You're going to have adversities. Some of you feel like, you know, well, I really haven't had much. Let me, let me tell you, adver no one's exempt. No one is exempt. 
So you have to say, you know, I need to be prepared to deal with the adversity that's coming in the midst of these times, the times that we're in, right here, right there. In the pandemic, I must be prepared to deal with some things. Are you prepared in the midst of all that's going on? You've you got to be prepared. In the midst of vaccines going on, are you prepared? In the midst of masks in our midst, are you prepared? Are you prepared in the midst of all of that to do the will of God? That's, that's the question you have to say. Because, see, we can get so caught up with everything that's happening because it's happening so fast and every day is something new, every day is something else. And, and you can start pushing the will of God to the back seat because everything is in the forefront. But we as believers, we got to make sure that we keep God in the forefront because He's going to show us exactly what to do. My intent of this short series is to keep us focused. And when I say keep us focused, I want to keep us focused on three different things. You know, we have been in this unsettling time for a while now, actually over a year. We've been in this. this. And in the midst, I want to keep us focused because I already see people are getting off focus. And it's easy to get off focus. And everybody, a lot of people are just getting off focus. I want to keep us focused on the work, listen, that we have done in believing God's word. You know, before there was a pandemic, before we even heard or knew of the word COVID, never before we knew what it even meant, there was work that God was doing among us. Those that was consistent in going to church, that was work God was doing among us. And the things that he has done. And I want to keep us focused on the work that is already done. We can't put, because of what's going on, we cannot put it on the back burner. Focus on what God was doing before the pandemic. He was doing the work. He was changing our lives. But also, listen, I want to keep us focused on the work that we are doing. We are still, just because we don't meet together, we're still doing a work. Are you, are you following me? Many of you right now, you are doing some good work. I see it. I hear it. I know exactly what's going on in it with everybody. Many are doing some good work, not just streaming. Because they know this is my ministry. This is where I need, and I need to be doing a good work. You're doing good works in your lives. Doing good work in people's lives in the ministry. We're doing some good works in our homes. Because now we are able to be there and you can talk to your family without running here and running there. We're doing some good works in just keeping ourselves focused. And God said they need to stay focused. But we understand that there's still work to be done. There's still work that needs to be done. So I want to make sure that we're focused on the work that still needs to be done. If you're going to be prepared, you have to keep your focus. Don't get caught up with things that are going on. It's easy to do. Don't get caught up on social media. It's easy to do. You still have to. And I'm not saying don't go on social media. I'm saying don't get caught up that you lose your focus. Because there's so much out there. 
So I focus on what I've, what we've, we're going to focus on what we've already been done. And that, and, 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 you know, so that won't become undone. We don't want to waste what God has done. You know, we'd be like, well, I don't know if God's been done. That's because you're all focused. When it was going on before the pandemic, before the word COVID was in, you was like growing and developing. You got to hold on to that focus. You have to be focused on the work that you're presently doing. Right now, in your family, in your, among the believers, whatever, you got to focus on it. And, and we're still saying, you know, there's still more that need to get done. God's word. We're always pushing. We're pushing the church forward. And that's our responsibility. And for some of you, listen, for some of you, it's a time for you to refocus. Hmm. You need to refocus on some things to get your focus where it needs to be. Did you hear me? You need to refocus on some things to just get your focus where it needs to be. I want to make sure that while we are in this time, that we have been given, that God has given this span of time. If you have lost your focus, I want you to regain it. Regain your focus. Because in this span of time, we need to maximize it. We need to maximize this time. How are we going to maximize this time? When we stay focused. When we refocus. See, we've, we've been caught up in so many things that's going on, we lost the focus. Refocus so that you can focus. Are you with me? Listen, we've got to maximize this time. You know, we all look at it like it's a bad time because we can't, we can't be together. But I'm telling you, this is a good time to get your focus, to get your, to refocus on your focus. Now, I, just personally, personally for me, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not in a time of focus or refocus. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not in that time right now. I'm in the time where for me, that is, a time of just keeping the church in the will of God. That's what. That's where my focus is. I have to keep. See, I don't have to go back and say, okay, what was going on and why am I so off? And I, see, I'm not there. I'm at the place where I'm trying to keep the church in the will of God and to make sure that we are moving forward as a church. See, a lot of times people think this just getting up here is the thing. This. This is just delivery. That's all this is. This is just delivery. Behind the scene, unseen work is the most important. And I'm like, Father, I have to stay focused on where you're telling me to move this and how you're telling us to move the church forward. And Father, I thank you that you're surrounding me with people that think like I think and short. And, I, and, and I'm telling you in my prayer time, then I get something from the deacons and I say, that's just how I'm praying. Father, you surround. Because let me tell you, it's not all the time for the pastor to know everything and do everything. That's why God surrounds you with people to bring it to pass. He attaches them to the assignment and they come up with things. You be like, yes or no or whatever or not at this time. But it's, uh, I'm thankful because that's what I'm thinking. Father, I want to keep the church in the will of God. I'm trying in my heart to maximize this time to really move us forward and to keep us all in the will of God. 
Now see, now, if you belong to this church and you don't have streaming, I can't do anything about that. But those that are streaming, those that are wanting to hear, those are the people I'm trying to keep focused. I'm not trying to battle with you about petty things that you're struggling with that you should have been been done with. I'm talking about just things that because of what's happening in our country that will just get you all focus. Some things you should be beyond. But for you as a member and many of us, I'm telling you, we're so off focus. And we must refocus. Now my goal of this whole thing is always, it's all, I try to make the goals very simple. We're simple people. And it is to prepare for what comes next. That's all we're doing is preparing for what comes next. I want us to be prepared to, for what comes next spiritually. There's always, always something coming next spiritually. Know that, always. I want to also prepare us for what's coming next naturally. And I want us to be prepared for what, listen, what is coming next financially. See, we, we see a lot of times you thinking, oh, they saying don't spend no, oh, oh, cause them stimmies got you stimulated and you, oh, oh, but I'm trying to prepare you for so what's coming next financially. Something's coming next financially. Are you with me? Church, understand this. Life is a succession of next. It is. It's always a next. Going from one next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And we need to be prepared for everyone, every life, everything, every life changing and every turn in life. We need to be prepared. Because there's turns. There's curves and there's turns in life. Live long enough and you'll see. Some of you already seen. My objective is to, for you all to be able to answer that question, am I prepared? Write that in all caps. That's my question. Am I prepared? Ask yourself that. Now, for those of you that say, oh, listen, Pastor, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready, Pastor. Well, okay, you just bear with me. I, I know I'm prepared. Well, you just bear with me for a minute. And let everybody else catch you. So I have a few questions I want us to meditate on. And these questions are going to help us answer the main question. Am I prepared? These questions that I'm going to have you to go and begin to evaluate and look at is going to answer the question, are you prepared? Even the ones that say, I'm already prepared, Pastor, I am prepared. Hold on. Wait till I get through with the questions. And then you can answer that question, am I prepared? So let's just look at each one of these questions that I'm going to ask you. And, you know, this morning, I want to ask you this right now. Ask yourself, am I awake? Am I awake? Just ask yourself that. Am I awake? I want to tell you this. Listen, you can't be prepared or ready for anything if you're not awake. Nothing if you're not awake. I can remember when my children was young and, 
we would prepare. So it's amazing how children, there, when it's something they want to do, they can get up early and get going. But if it's something that you want to do, you would, you know, I can remember walking down the hallway and say, are you ready? Are you ready? Because it's something we were going to do, something I wanted to do, something my husband wanted to do. Are you ready? And you'll hear them say, I'm ready. And you can hear them fall out the bed. Boom, 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 boom. No, they're they're saying it. But see, and all of a sudden, now they need, when it's something you want to do, they need 14 hours of sleep. But it's something they want to do, they're up and on it. They're ready to go. And you would hear them get out the bed, boom, boom, boom. I'm ready. I'm ready, you know, because you already told them before, you know, we're going to go, da-da-da-da, we're going to do this. and uh, Yeah, I'm ready. When you hear that, boom, getting out the bed, just know they're not ready. Amen. And then, uh, you know, when we would do that and you, you hear them stumbling out of bed, well, you can't be ready, again, if you're not awake. You can't be ready if you're not awake. Listen, another question I want to ask you. Is your heart ready? That's a little different. Is your heart ready? See, you can't be ready or prepared for anything if your heart is not prepared. And all throughout the Bible, you'll find times where people thought they were prepared. They thought they were prepared. They got in a place where they're... And they, when they thought they were prepared and then something happened, they got in the place and their heart failed them. Just like you that said, I'm prepared. I'm ready. See, it's easy to say it just like that. But then you get into a situation, the heart fails. Many people in that position. You know, the children of Israel, they were ready to leave Egypt. They said they were ready to leave Egypt until things got tight. Until things got tight. And they found that in their heart, they were not prepared. That's what got them all in trouble in the winter. They were not prepared. They were prepared. To, they were, let me tell you, they were prepared to go into the promised land until they saw giants in it. See, when it starts getting tight, you can say what you're prepared for until something comes up. When the giants came in the land, then they start having trouble. Throughout the Bible, we find the disciples. <laughs> they were ready to go all the way to the cross with Jesus. This is your Easter speech. See, here's your Easter speech. See, they were ready to go all the way to the cross with Jesus until things got tight. Just like you. I know you are, you're ready. And all of a sudden they found out that their hearts failed them. So you have to say, am I really, really prepared? Listen, you don't want to proclaim how prepared you are and ready and let your heart let you down. That's why I'm going to give you the questions to check it. So that all of this that you said that you're ready for, I want to make sure that when it comes time and when things get tight and when adversities come, I want to make sure that in the midst your heart don't fail because we're going to need you focused and on point. Are you following me? Then I want to ask you, are are you prepared 
to make the commitment. God always brings us back to commitment, doesn't He? These are good questions. Are you prepared to make the commitment? You have to be prepared to make the commitment. Then I want to ask you, are you prepared to obey? <laughs> it's easy to say you commit, but are you prepared to obey? Now here's the thing, church. So let, 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 let's establish something right now. We're going to see, are you prepared right now? You can test your own self right now for this question, are you prepared? I'm going to give you a way right now to just test that. If God has spoken something to your heart and you haven't done it yet, you already know the answer. That's how you test yourself. Have God asked you something to do something for something? And you haven't done it yet. Answer it yourself. That'll let you know if you are prepared. You've answered the question. <sighs> yeah. That's, that's easy. So that's an easy way to test yourself. What if God asks you to do and you haven't done? And how long ago have he asked you and you haven't done? If he asked you yesterday and you haven't done it, you're not prepared. When God asks you to do something, you own it. Everybody say, these are good questions. <laughs> Here's a good one. Are you prepared to set things in order? Are you prepared to set things in order? Because if you're going to be prepared, you must take those things that are out of order and put them in and set them in order. You got to take the things that are out of order and set them in order. What about this question? Are you prepared, listen, for the challenge? Challenges come when God is required, making requirements of you. Are you prepared for the challenge? Listen, you cannot be prepared if you're not prepared for the challenge. Because it's going to be a challenge. <laughs> Listen, have you ever been with a group of young people? You know, it's, you know, youth group or young people. And they're, you know, maybe y'all going to a theme park and they talking smack. You know, everybody's having fun and they talking about, I can ride the roller coaster and it's this high. And I, I can ride mine higher than you. And you can, you know, they do all of that and, you know, they just, just beefing it up. And then, you know, y'all get there and you get in line and you, you, you start to get there. And, you know, at a good theme park, what they do is, wherever you line up, they give you clear sight of the most scariest part. And all of a sudden, all of you kind of, and you're talking, you know, talking smack. Oh, yeah, I'm knocking dodges there, this, that, and other. And then all of a sudden, they hear people screaming, Wah! and all of a sudden, you hear them talking, I, I need to go to the restroom. No, no, no you don't need to go to the restroom. See, it's always good when with the challenge is fine until I come to it. Uh, well, why don't we ride something else first and warm up? Well, why do we need to warm up? You was talking about you can handle it. You can do this, that, and other. See, a challenge is easier said than done until you have to face it. 
And all of a sudden, they're like, I'll be right back. No, we're almost about to come up and get on. They talk all the way up until it's time to get on. <laughs> all you're finding out is that they're not prepared. Just talking a good talk. Amen. When you, let me tell you, when you get in front of the challenge, you gotta be able to walk. And this is what happens with many of us for the challenge. As long as our feet is on the ground, we're okay. But realize where there's a challenge, where a challenge, you don't know where the challenge is going to take you. And you will find out, I thought I was prepared. I'm not. I didn't know, my God. I didn't know all this was going to happen. Well, it's called a challenge. Then we need to answer this question. Am I prepared to establish the will of God? Am I prepared to establish the will of God? Now go with me to Matthew chapter 26. Run over to Matthew chapter 26 and let's rest there. Now, if you will, let's subtitle this one. Let's deal with the question. Let's go back up to the first one. Am I awake? But the rest of the way, let's deal with, am I awake? Because everybody in here that's under the sound of my voice, and all of you out there that's watching, are you awake? You're like, well, yeah, I'm not asleep. Okay, are you awake? During this span of time, or this dispensation of time we're in, it is essential that we are awake. During this dispensation of time, this span of time, it is essential. What does the word essential mean? means that it can't, it can't go on without it. It is essential that we be awake during this time. You know, with all of the turmoil that's going on, that we still must be awake. Are you with me? With all of the crisis that we spoke of earlier, we still must be awake. Listen, listen, understand this. Because see, there's a lot of, lot of things that's going on. Health crisis, every kind of crisis. But listen, don't confuse what may be going on with your job. See, it's easy, it's, it's easy to do that. I don't want you to get confused with what's going on with your job, whether or not the economic uh, crisis, because it's a crisis whether you're working or not. Don't confuse because you are working. And you get all confused. Let me tell you, you're still going to have to deal with the health crisis. Well, I don't care how good your job is. We still have a crisis. Don't get confused. Well, you know, my job, I don't, you know. No, we still have a health crisis going on. Just because, see, just, listen, we still have a health crisis going on. And just because you haven't got sick doesn't mean that it's not going on. See, we can get so far from it because we haven't gotten it. We haven't been sick. So, is it really, you know, I can just do this and I can do that? No. While we're in this time of social unrest, political unrest, in this span of time, it's essential that we be awake. Listen, you can be... uh, you know, in an essential time, which this is, you can be in an essential time that requires, listen, that requires attention and it requires you to be awake and not be awake. Let me say it again. You can be in an essential time 
that requires full attention and not be awake. Eyes wide open, but not be awake. Did you know, I looked this up, do you know the, the, the major causes of automobile accident is falling asleep? Falling asleep behind the wheel is a major, is a major causes of automobile accidents. That amazed me. Falling asleep. Listen, if there's any time, listen, any time that you ought to be alert and sharp and focused is when you are in a vehicle. And when you're going 70 miles an hour or whatever on the expressway with cars on every side and trucks on every side and danger every, at every turn, and so, in some cases people traveling a whole football field in, in a matter of seconds, if there's any time that you think that people would be awake is when that's going on. You would think. Because everything is going on around them while they're driving. And you would think, but well, everybody got to be, they, they got to be awake. awake. You would think that they're awake. You would think that they're alert because everything is going on. And they're behind the wheel. But at, at a time where it is essential that you be awake, look at how often Somebody falls asleep behind the wheel. It's a major deal. At a time that you would just think, well, of course everybody's going to be Chris. Listen, don't assume just because the time requires you to be awake. See, if you only stretch away, you're like, it's required that you stay awake. But don't get it to Don't assume that at a time that you're required to be awake, that you are awake. When I say that, when I say awake, that means that you are alert. Awake means to be alert. When to be awake means that I'm aware. I'm aware. When you're truly aware and alert, when you're truly awake, you are aware and Alert with everything that's going on. You are aware and you are alert. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and you be talking to them and you go back and you said and you and they say something you like, well, I told you that. And they be like, no, you didn't. You're like, yeah, I did. I told you. Didn't you remember I told you that? And they say, I don't remember you saying that. And you like, hmm. I don't think you shared that with me. I think you know, I told you that. And then all of a sudden you come to realize, oh, their eyes were open. They looked like they were alert. But they weren't really awake. That's what they call daydreaming. Because you're not really awake. You know how somebody's just staring. And you're talking. And they still stare. Daydreaming. They're really not awake. See, we think because the eyes are open. That it's awake. <laughs> and you realize, you'd be like, yeah, I, I, just, I just told you that. They weren't really awake. They were not really alert. They were not really aware. 
of what you were saying. Listen, again, to be awake not only means to be alert and aware, but it means to be able. To be able. That's why, that's why with certain medications that you take, and after they, you, they medicate you, they say, don't drive while taking this medication. Or don't operate heavy machinery while you're taking this medication. Why? Because your eyes may be open, but you're not really alert and aware because you're medicated. You're not just snoring sleep. Your eyes are open, but it's, it's saying, what, what, but don't, don't operate anything. Have somebody come get you because you're not really alert and aware. Are you with me? And you, of course, you're not really able. It's good. Make sure you put that down. Able is being awake. Awake. And see, you. And you, when I say you're not, you, you're you're able when you're. If you're not able to do what you know you need to do, you're not awake. I never forget when I had. Um, my colonoscopy and me and Pastor went, and uh, it, and it's amazing when people are under anesthesia, you're crazy, you're crazy. You'd be like, what? I mean, you, I mean, you, you know, people that have come out of anesthesia, they've had operation or they've had something. And I remember I came back and 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 I was telling him, I said, well, when are they gonna come and get me? He said, babe, you back? You? I said, it's no way. He said, yes, you, yeah, you're back. I said, they did not. Because you don't remember anything you don't, for me, for me. And I was like, yeah, I was ready for him. I'm like, well, because it seemed like he was standing in there and it seemed like I just was talking to him. Because, see, anesthesia. And, you know, you, can, you, you see people and they own anesthesia and they come home and you're driving them home from the hospital and you stop by and get, get, get uh, at the pharmacy, pick up medicine. And, and when they first come out and you're standing by their bed, I remember sometimes the pastor would have a procedure and I'd stand by his bed and I'd tell him what the doctor said and what, what we need to do and everything like that. And then we'd get home and he'd say, now what, really, now what, what am I supposed to do? Now what? I'm like, well, I told you that, and he's like, no, I don't remember that. See, not fully alert. And wait, just get what I'm saying. Don't get caught up in in the illustration. I'm trying to show you how you cannot be awake. You could be awake because he was awake when we rode home. And I said, I said, well, he said, well, where we can, when I get this medication? I said, we stopped by the pharmacy on our way home. When? I don't remember stopping by. But he was awake in the car. But he wasn't alert. He wasn't able. And he, because why? You are not awake. Even though his eyes was open and we were talking. Stay focused. He wasn't able to do what he thought he could do. Because you were not ready. You were coming out of anesthesia. When I came out, I was like, I just swear. And I still say to this day, I never had a colonoscopy. Even though Pastor said, you did have one, girl. Quit it. I said, no, there's no way. Because I would remember something. He said, just remember I was there. And you did. I said, okay, but I'm going to believe you because I know you're an honest man. But I don't, you know, I don't. But that was anesthesia. Did you, are you following? I want you to follow that. So in other words, your eyes can be open. 
And it appears that you're all there. But guess what? When you are awake, listen, you're conscious. You're conscious. See, sometimes your eyes can be open, but you're not really conscious of what's happening. In other words, when you're really awake, something that stirs you to a point where you're not conscious, you are active. Listen, you're in tune with what's going on. That's what it is. It stirs your consciousness. You're in tune with everything. You're awake now. You're in tune. You're aware. You're alert of everything that's going on. Ooh, I want you to get this. Some of us, God has spoke some things to our heart months ago. And you've had an urgency about it. Months ago. And when he said it, your eyes was popped wide open and you was like, yes. But now, time has gone on. Time has elapsed. Times have gone by. Even though when your eyes was popped open, when he told you and you was excited about it, let me tell you, now that time has gone off, guess what? You drift into sleep. You drift into sleep. You don't see it because nobody knows when they're drifting to sleep. Oh no, I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm awake. You're drifting to sleep of what God have told you. Now are you in Matthew chapter 26? This is perhaps the most well-known incident of not being awake ever recorded in history. Listen. And it lets us know, this is the thing, it lets us know that we can not be truly and fully awake. It lets us know that. We cannot be truly... I'm telling you, when we read it, this is the most powerful it shows you that you, I'm telling you, that you're not truly awake. Jesus had, now, let me, let, let me paint a picture again. This is our Easter, this is our Easter deal because I wasn't going to wait for a day. Listen. At this point, before we read it, Jesus had just had the Passover with them. Listen. He had the Passover meal with his disciples. He had just had the Last Supper with them. He had just shared with them that his time on earth was coming to an end. He had been discussing it with them. And he he was telling them that his time was coming to an end and he was about to be offered up. He had just shared with them. I want you to get this. He had just shared with them. After eating that, he said, Now this that we do, as often as you do it, Make it a communion so that you're going to remember me. In remembrance of me because of this day. Because of this day. Do it often. So you can remember all the things we talked about today. This was in essence the word of a man that was on his way to die. He was saying, I'm about to die before for you. But before I die, I want to do this. Tell you everything 
eat dinner with you. And he said, but I want you, after I'm gone, and you're sad and hard, and after everything that we've been together, just do this in remembrance. Yes, we remember what he said. We remember that. And so he said, after I'm gone, do it. And remember, most, maybe a lot of you have a different look at communion. Because when we do it, we're not doing it for the juice and the crackers. We're remembering everything that we have, we've read, recorded. And say, thank you, Lord. What you, what you did. He said, do it. I can see him telling him. He said, this where I can, I see, I can visualize it at the supper table. He said, this that we do, do it often. Remember that I was once here and this is what we did. Remember what we talked about this day. Can you, can you believe how much heavy of a moment that was? That was a heavy moment. Think of how in, intense it was. It was an intense time. Things was happening. All the intenses that he had, he had to go through telling them. What, I mean, he went through telling them, I go to prepare a place for you. He did all of that. He also told them that one of them was going to re- betray him. In that same instant, he was telling them all of that. See, I want you to get, get a picture of it. Think about it. And can you imagine all of them, they sitting down trying to figure out who it was. Like, who could it be? We've been with him three and a half years. Who would do such a thing? See, you got to put yourself that. Who would turn their back on Jesus? Who? They just had that conversation where he told them what was coming. And Peter said, jumped up and said, I'm going to be with you, Lord. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never deny you, God. All of this is going on. And Jesus looked at him and told him before the morning come, you're going to deny me three times. Now, if with all of that going on, if it was ever a time that you think people would be awake, alert, in tune and aware is then. Because he's telling us all this stuff. And all of this is about to happen. You would say, oh, you mean somebody's going to come and take our Savior and crucify him? You, you mean to tell me somebody's going to come and somebody's going to betray him? And we don't know which one. He's saying one of us. We don't know which one. And Peter thinking, he said, to me, I'm going to deny him. I know he's wrong about that. He's saying I'm going to deny him before the morning and it's already evening. Something big is about to happen. You would think and after that context, Jesus said, but I want you all to come with me. Come with me. See, I set, the, I set the stage for you all to have that picture. And he said, come with me. Now think about this. If there's ever an event in time when you think people would be awake, alert, 
is this time because he's just telling them all of that. This is the moment. I'm, 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 I'm all up on Jesus. I'm almost in his bosom because I'm alert. I'm awake. Everything that he taught over the last three years, it seemed to all be coming to a head. They're thinking that. We've been with him all the time. And he's saying like everything's going to come to an end. What's going on? You know, everybody's just uh, around him. Uh, he's talking about this coming to a head. Even in a moment, this is going to happen. And in the moment after he, after he said all that, now let's go with me to verse 36. 26 and 36. He said, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and said unto his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray. Now listen, listen closely. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Sorrowful and very heavy. Then he said unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Then he went a little further and fell on his face. This man is crying. He's heavy in the heart. And he fell on his face, on his knees, fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And said unto Peter, What? What? Could you not just watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Listen, listen, we, we, I'm telling you, this, this is what you have to understand with that. The impending crucifixion of Jesus going to the cross wasn't enough to wake up the disciples. Watch this. It wasn't enough. Look at verse 44. And he left them and went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then he cometh to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now. Sleep on now <laughs> and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Now listen, church. I'm just trying to let you know that you, if you can fall asleep, listen. If you can fall asleep in the presence of Jesus, like they did, at the most significant hour of his earthly ministry, and they did, then all of us have to be careful. Very careful to make sure that we don't fall asleep at a time that God needs us the most.
that the time that God needs us the most to be awake. God said, I need you to be awake now. We got to be careful. I got to be awake now. Note this as your point one. Write this once and you don't have to write it again. I am awake when I am aware. What do you mean? I am aware. When you're really awake, I am aware of the times. I'm aware of what time it is. Church, I can't allow myself in this time to not be aware of what the time is. That's why I have to look at natural things. I got that from my founding pastor. He paid, he was, he was in tune with what was happening because that was gonna, it's, it, it's very important to be awake. I have to be awake of this dispensation, this span of time that we find ourselves in. See, the disciples here, there were not, they were not really awake. He had just told them everything and they were still there. They weren't aware. They were not aware of the span of time that they found themselves in. Church, when I'm awake, I'm conscious of what's happening both spiritually and naturally. I'm consciously alert of what's happening spiritually and naturally. I know, church, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in our country. But you are, you have to be aware. You're really aware of what's happening spiritually and naturally during this span of time when you stay awake. See, I'm not asking you, when I say stay away, I'm not asking you to know all the news stories. That's not what I'm talking about. You don't have to know all the news stories. You're being aware. I'm not asking you to know the death count. I'm not asking you to know the names of somebody that got killed in this unprecedented time. Killed unjustly. I'm not asking you to know, know the names of that. I'm asking you to be conscious both spiritually and naturally at this time. I'm not even asking you to be concerned with what the, about the pancake mix or the rice. And for those of you who are like, what does that have to do with it? With them changing the name of the pancake mix and doing this and oh, we got to change the name of the rice. I'm not asking for all of that. That's not what you have to be concentrating on. You need to be awake spiritually and naturally. Are you following me? That's why when I'm truly conscious and awake, I am aware of what the will of God is. Listen. Write it down. That's letter A. I'm aware of what the will of God is. When I'm conscious and awake, I'm aware of what the will of God is. And here's the thing. The will of God is unchanged no matter what. It's not changed by time. It's not changed by crisis. It's not changed by the weight of the assignment. It's not changed by the occasion. And I have to make sure that I'm always aware of the will of God. See, I have to remain aware in spite of everything that's going on. See, the will of God is not changed. There's still a generation that needs to be restored during the pandemic. 
So you ought to be able to see. You have to be able to see that they need the restoration. Because of what's happening in society. But listen, all of this is a manifestation, listen, of what we have been teaching before. We've been teaching this. You can see all of this and ask yourself, are you keeping yourself in consciousness to the will of God? Do you still, are you still seeking and saving and healing and repairing and restoring and rebuilding and staying on the wall? Coaching. Doing all of that. Are you still? See, you don't put that away because you hear something new. I need to be doing all of that. The will of God remains the same. But somehow the, the, the disciples here in the garden, in the midst of everything that Jesus had just said, forgot the will of God. Right then, that is, they forgot the will of God. And he had just talked to them. Listen, when I'm awake, let her be, I'm aware of the seriousness of the moment. Church, are you aware right now? And are you conscious of the seriousness of the moment? Of the moment that God has given you. The disciples somehow lost sight of how serious a moment they found themselves in. Some of you, you don't even get it. In the midst of this pandemic, you are in a serious moment. You're making decisions. You're doing foolish things. And you don't even recognize that you're in a serious moment. It's because you're asleep. You're not awake. You don't find yourself in the series no more. That's why you can just do anything. And making your own plans and your own ideas. Don't understand, can't see the seriousness of the moment. When I'm awake, let her see I'm aware of my role. I'm conscious of my role. Listen, your role in these times was defined before these times came. Your role was defined ever before this. You don't have to adjust your, your role because of this. It was already defined before these times. And this is what I'm observing with people, with everything going on. They're struggling to find their role. They like, I don't know, well, I'm, you know what, I'm gonna stop doing this, I'm gonna do this, I'm a, well, okay, I'm, you know, I'm gonna stop doing everything at church. Struggling to find your role. Asleep. Not conscious. Listen, there is not a struggle with your role. Your role was already defined before any of these things that are happening in our world, in our country, in this world today. It was already defined. It already was there. God doesn't change because times change. What we have to do is wake up and remember that what God asked you to do before all these things start happening. Your role has not changed. Look at the, again at verse 37. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here and watch with me. In other words, he was just saying, Just be my brothers. Just right here, right now. Just stay with me. That's all he was telling them. 
Just be with me right here, right now, at this time. He was telling them your role is important to just be here. I'm about to go to the cross for you. And you can't bear this assignment. I got it. You can't bear this assignment. You don't have to die for the whole world. That's what he's basically telling them. The Father is not about to turn his back on you, but on me, because what I have to carry. So just stay here. Just tarry with me. Listen, Jesus wasn't asking them, listen, to have the same urgency of prayer that he had. See, most of the time we think that when he says, tarry with me and pray, that he, they was, he was asking them to pray for him, but oh no. Jesus was not expecting or wasn't asking them to have the same urgency of prayer that he had. He was just saying, I need you three. Look, I brought everybody with me, but I brought you three to come a little closer. And all I want you to do is just tarry. Just stay with me. Just tarry with me. Your presence means something to me. And remember, he he went a few more steps and fell on his face crying. So imagine how much was going on and what he was saying to those, uh, them brothers, come on. He's telling them. He, when he fell, fell on the ground, you know, that was telling him, I could barely hold my body up. I'm hurt because of the weight of the assignment that I'm about to take on. And just, can you just tell me, just stay around me. That's your role. That's all their role was, was just to stay around him. Just to tarry with him. Church, sometimes we can forget our roles. Listen, when I'm awake, I'm aware of my assignment. See, they weren't aware of their assignment. When I'm awake, I am aware of my assignment. He told them to pray. That was their assignment. He said, tarry with me and pray. That's, that was their assignment. Church, when you're truly awake, you are aware of your assignment that God has given you, whether it's for your house, whether it's for your children, whether it's for your life, you are aware. How many of you know when some people wake up from a natural sleep, sometimes they kind of startle? Like you wake up and they're like, what, 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 where am I? You know, maybe they fell asleep on the couch or they did something. You wake up and they're what, what? I, I know sometimes I go, because I wake up pretty early on uh, Sunday mornings. I wake up about always about 3 or 3.30 in the morning because I piddle around and I, you know, look over my notes and just meditate. And it's just quiet time and everything like that. And then when I come home in the evening and stuff and after I, I eat whatever my sons cook and I lay down and I fall off sleep and I wake up and I'll be like what day is it? What, what time does it look like, it, like I've been asleep forever and I'll be like what day is it? It's still Sunday. I say oh, it's just, you know, you just waking up out of it. And you don't even know what day it is. It's like oh, 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 what, what? Don't know what time it is. Listen, it's important to know your role. Oh, I could just feel him going them few steps and being so heavy. And just so not, and, 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 and them being so unaware of their assignment. 
Church, when I'm awake, I'm aware of my own limitations. See, like I like I said, when I wake up, I, I I'm I, I'm awakened. You know, I I don't know my role. I'm like, where am I? What what day? But then when I am awake, I know my limitations. When I'm awake, I do not let, let my, listen, my limitations hinder my assignment. <laughs> because see, when you know that it's not you, and it can't be you, don't let it hinder your assignment, because his, your assignment is from God. He's the one doing the work. When I'm awake, letter F, I'm aware of the spiritual climate. That's when I'm truly awake and truly conscious. I'm aware of what God is doing. And I got that again from my founding pastor. He was always looking at what was going on naturally. Why? I used to say, you look at, you know, you look at, he said, it helps me to understand the spiritual climate. It helps you to understand the spiritual climate, what God is doing. This is why, listen, this is why you have to be a believer before anything else. Did you hear me? You have to be a believer before anything else. So, I'll say it this way. Before you can be a member of a political party, you must be a believer. Before you can be in a race, you got to be a believer. In this race. The first thing that we are is a believer. Then the other things are just natural identifiers. That's all that is. But first, we must be a believer. But who we are in the spirit and in the essence, that is the essence of who we are. We're children of God first. So I have to look at everything in the natural, and I have to look at it and say, what is God doing? See, everything that you do, you have to say, what is God doing? Why? Because I'm looking at things in the natural, but I want to know the spiritual climate, because God is always doing. Because in everything, God is going to move. In and through every situation, God's will will be done. So I have to ask myself, what is the spiritual climate? Listen, the disciples didn't understand the spiritual climate in the garden. They didn't understand it. In the garden of Gethsemane, they, was, they didn't understand. They didn't understand that they were about to be redeemed. And Jesus was preparing them. That's why he said, come, come. I'm trying to prepare you for what's about to happen. But watch this. Have you ever thought about this? Jesus could have went to the garden by himself. You know that, right? He could have went to the garden without them. He took them to the garden not for his preparation, for theirs. For theirs. He said, now I just had supper with you. And I'm telling you what's, and I'm tell, and I told you what was coming next. Thing, what he was basically telling is things are about to get tight in your life. For many years, and for some of you right now getting the revelation, but for many years, I really thought that Jesus wanted them to pray for him in the garden. 
But it, it was never to pray for him. Notice he didn't say, pray for him. stay here and pray for me. He just said, pray. He said, tarry with me. But while you're tarrying with me, he said, I'm praying. And then he gave him a little, little subtle clue when he said, look, that's what, that, that's, right there should have woke him up. He gave him a little subtle clue. He said, tarry with me while I'm going to go over here and pray. But oh, by the way, pray that you don't fall into temptation. He told him, pray for yourself. <laughs> you don't have to worry about me. That was their subtle clue right there. Yeah, all that stuff he just told us and he told my pray that we don't fall into temptation. <laughs> so again, he wasn't saying pray for me. He was saying pray for you. The same way I need you to be here to be ready for what's coming next, you need to be prepared for what's coming next. Pray for yourself. Because something else is coming. Listen, in this time while we're going through these challenges that we're going through, I personally, I appreciate this family that prays for me. I don't ever want you to stop praying for me. I appreciate prayer. But understand that in this time, listen, there's something God is doing through me, but there's also something God is doing through you. It's not about just me. He's doing something through you. You got to make sure that you don't miss the spiritual climate of what God is trying to do through you and during this time. Jesus was about to redeem man. Jesus was preparing himself. But he was also praying, praying, and preparing them. And did you notice what he said? He said, sleep now. Go on and sleep. Sleep on now. That's what he said. Sleep on now. Basically what he was saying was, sleep on now. I'm ready and you're not. But I gave you an opportunity. And God always gives us opportunity. We've learned to piss on things well. He said, sleep on now. I'm prepared. You're not. <laughs> but basically he was saying time is up. It's up. We don't want to get to a place, church, where God is ready and we're not. We want to get to a place where he says, sleep on now. Because I remember he had someone stop by and tell us we were a sleeping giant. It was time to wake up. Letter G, when I'm awake, I can stay focused. Have you ever tried studying sleepy? I have. Have you ever tried studying sleepy? This is what happens when you try to study sleepy. I'm sure you it doesn't work. You start, you read something, and then you stare. And then you look back at it and say, what did I just read? Because you're sleepy. Not awake. And then you, you stare and, and, and what did I just read? Then you read it again. 
Just go to bed. Have you ever been tired to try putting something together, tired and sleepy? You have plenty of screws left. You know, just like fixing something in your house, like, ooh, I'm tired, but I'm going to try to put this together. Mm-mm, you're going to be irritated. You're not going to do it right. Have you ever been so tired and you're really sleepy and you're walking around the house in circles? You go to the kitchen and forgot what you came from. And then you go back to where you started from to say, what did I come in here for? I don't know. Let me go back and see what I come. What, what did I come in for? And then you remember what you got and you said, okay, okay. You're not really awake. You're tired. You're sleepy. You're all focused. You're not, you're not awake. Even though your eyes are open. <laughs> but when I'm awake, I stay focused. Listen. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm running over time. That's okay. I can do that. Keep a bookmark in Matthew 26. Because this is your Easter message. (laughs) When I'm awake, I stay focused. When I'm awake, I am alert. And what am I alert of? I'm alert that temptation is all around. I'm alert. This is what you need to understand about temptation. You have to realize, temptation is present when God needs you the most. Most people think that it's the other way around, but it's not. Oftentimes, we think that we're going to be less tempted at the time that God needs us the most. Nope, it's the other way around. At the time that God needs you the most, that's when you're going to have the struggle against temptation. Church, you have to understand when I say temptation, I'm not talking about, listen, the temptation to sin. And obviously, we always have to be alert for that. We already know that of the temptation to sin. We always should be alert of that. I'm talking about, here we go, the temptation to quit. The temptation to quit. That's what I'm talking about. See, you got to follow. Don't fall asleep. you got to be alert and aware of the temptation to quit. I'm talking about when time that God needs you the most, you will face the temptation to quit. I'm going to tell you that now. At the time that God needs you the most, you will find yourself with the temptation to compromise. At the time that God needs you the most, you will find yourself tempted to settle. Church, I don't know this because it's in the Bible. I know this because with 60-ish, being 60-ish, what the exact, as Isaiah and later contemporary, give me an exact number. 60-ish in life, I've been here 60 plus years, you learn some things. I'm not just talking about it that's in the Bible. You learn some things the older you get. And I've learned that when God gives you an assignment, that's when you're going to be tempted the most to quit, 
to compromise and to settle. To quit, to compromise, and to settle. When you lose your spouse, and the weight is all on your shoulders, you will be tempted to quit, to compromise, to settle. When people you care about the most, when people that you minister to the hardest are ungrateful, and not committed, you'll be tempted to quit, and compromise, and to settle. When you show up to minister and have studied and want people to get it, want their lives to change, and they can't get in here on Wednesdays and barely can get in on Sundays, and they say they belong to this church, you'll be tempted to quit, to compromise, and to settle. If you're not awake, and that's at the time that God needs you the most. When I'm going to the most through the most temptation. Again, I'm not just talking about sin. It's going to be to compromise, to settle. To just, just quit. And many of you, God has spoken some tremendous things to you. That's the time that we're in. And the things that He's spoken to you, I'm going to need you to stay focused, stay alert. Because now that you're being stirred with the teachings that are going forth, you have to be alert to the temptation that's going to be all around you. That's why in Matthew 26, Jesus told them, pray that you enter not into temptation. you got to pray. In other words, he was saying, my greatest moment is going to be the moment that you're going to be tempted the most. I'm telling you, that's why they were like, God, I'm not going to do this. I'm not. No, that's why it was so heavy on, on, on Jesus. No, because when God needs you the most, and because they slept through it, the disciples, they were not prepared. And many people, they like to say, I belong to the church, but you're not prepared. When the, when the soldiers came to get Jesus, they were not prepared. They were not prepared to claim that they even knew him. See, because they weren't awake. When they should have been praying that they fall not into danger, they were like, I don't know him. They were not prepared to see him on the cross. They were not prepared when he hung. They were not prepared when he hung his head and died. They were not prepared. They were not prepared to see his body placed in the tomb. Actually, they were all they were actually despondent for 3 days. For a whole 3 days they were there. You remember they were going to go back fishing. They were just despondent. 
because they weren't prepared. And they walked with him for three and a half years, teaching, listening to everything he taught, listening to everything he talked about, had supper with him, had everything he was talking about, and they were just totally, when it happened, unprepared and despondent. All because they were not prepared. To understand that, he would, they couldn't even understand how he would come to redeem them. They couldn't wrap their heads around it. This is Jesus. This is the one that we've seen raise the sick and raise the dead. And I mean, we've seen him take fish, a little basket of fish and feed 15, 20,000 people. This, he could do anything. But they were not prepared. They were broken. They were so broken, and they were broken hearted when he actually died. They were so broken hearted, they wouldn't even go back to the tomb, remember? They wouldn't even go back to the tomb to find out that he wasn't there. So they could have said, you know what, he redeemed us as he said. But they was like, no. And the only way I'm going to believe, I'm going to be able to put my hands in. They were totally unprepared. Church, I want you to know that when I am alert, listen, when I am prepared, I, I understand the weakness of my flesh. When I'm alert, you are understanding the weakness of your flesh. In other words, I do like Paul said, I keep my body under subjection, lest by any means, when I preach to others, I myself may be a castaway. I constantly, you have to constantly crucify our flesh. Why? Because I am alert to the fact that I have weaknesses in my flesh. Ain't nobody that strong. I re- you need to remind yourself daily that in this flesh dwells no good thing. Tell yourself, I don't care how holy you think you are. God knows how holy you are behind closed doors. You need to say, in this flesh dwells no good thing. Remind yourself and stay alert to the fact that my hands and my feet, they are not to be instruments of sin but instruments of righteousness. Remind yourself that. Remind yourself to the weaknesses of your flesh. You have to remind yourself, I got to guard what my eyes see, what my ears hear, what my mouth speaks, what my mind thinks. I got to constantly be on that. I guard my hands. I got to handle what, I got to, I got to handle my hands properly. Why? Because I'm always alert to the weaknesses of my flesh. When I'm awake, I'm alert to the evil of the times. See, if you're not aware to, uh, you, if you're not alert to the evil of the times, you sleep. Don't allow the times and the call, the things that are happening in this time to cause you to fall asleep. Listen in Ephesians chapter five, verse fifteen. Listen what it says. Come on, go with me. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, he's telling you not to be a fool. Redeeming the time. 
because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of God the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein access, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, be alert that the times are evil. Know that. So we can stop saying, look at what they're doing. See what this is happening. See, listen, you're in the times that are evil. All of that's going to happen. Why are you shocked? Why are you dismayed? You're in the time of evil. Now, church, listen to me. What makes the world and the times evil and the dangers that's in the world is always, listen, understand what the world is doing. What makes him evil and what makes the times evil, what makes it dangerous is this is what the world do. The world works on rocking believers to sleep. It works on it. It ain't worried about the sinner. It constantly works on rocking the believer to sleep. The world is always, always, everybody say always, trying to get us in an unconscious state. Throw in something to get them distracted. Get them unconscious in an unconscious state. Because, listen, we know this for a fact. Because once you get anyone in an unconscious state, you can take advantage of them. You gotta be careful. Anytime. That's what they have, what is some type of rape drug or something that they put in, in, that's why you don't go running up on anybody and somebody you meet on the internet and all that kind of stuff. They put something in your drink and you just, <laughs> and grinning and stuff and you drink that and you told, your eyes will be open and you'll be unconscious and anything can happen. You will be taken advantage of because you're in an unconscious state. You don't get involved with stuff like that. It's an unconscious state. And the world is working on it. The world is not working on their own. They don't have to. They're working on the believer. If I can just get them in an unconscious state, we can take advantage of them. Oh, if we can only get that. Think about the times that we're in. I think about how diligent we need to be, even about washing our hands, keeping our mask on, going out, all of that. Look, look how it takes effort to stay diligent with that. I don't care if everybody gets the vaccine, the virus is still out there. And different variances also. So you have to be conscious and aware of everything. If they say, once you get the vaccine, still wear the mask, wear the mask! But see, we get rocked to sleep and say, you got the vaccine now. You're okay. You're okay. You can go around anybody. You can do whatever you Rock you to sleep until you're dead. See, we have to be conscious. Yeah, I can touch on some things and handle some things and get infected. Oh, I don't believe in all that. It doesn't matter what anybody else believes. This is me. You have to do it for yourself. It doesn't matter what anybody else believes. 
There's variances out there, so I got that. I do listen to the science. And I do have a mighty God. But I don't try to tempt my God. God give me all kind of... Now, I ain't saying common sense, because any kind of sense God give me, it, it surpasses common. And guess, guess what? I see it now. People that usually have the vaccine, notice they start getting sleepy. They're not as cautious as they once were. And they keep telling you, you still got to be cautious. But they just kind of, it's called rocking to sleep. And you have to wake yourself back up and say, it doesn't matter. I have to be alert and diligent. Because if you notice, it, they never said that the vaccine would keep you from getting COVID. They said keep you out the hospital. So I still got to be on point, diligent, alert. Watch what the world has done. See, the vaccine made everybody start falling asleep. But they keep telling you that it's gotten worse because of the different variances. The one comes from Africa. And the one, this one, and this vaccine is not going to cover this one. It's telling you that it's getting worse. Please pray attention. Pray attention. The pandemic, it gets worse. As the pa- Listen, we don't see it. As the pandemic, pandemic and what's happening get worse, our alertness diminishes. That's just what the world wants. See, what the world does, the world does is get, it gets an agenda done. And it gets a way to rock you to sleep. Like, what way can we get to rock them to sleep? Now, see, when the world gets uncomfortable with social injustices, listen. This is what the world do. See, they be like, okay, they, they're getting uncomfortable. So, okay, let's play their anthem. Let's change, the, let's change the pancake name. Let's change the rice name. Let's, let's, let's do all of that. Seem like they're getting stirred up about some stuff. Let's, let's, let's do something to rock them to sleep. We've got to do something... They're getting all, you know, they're getting all worried about the pandemic. Let's open the beaches. They had to lock down Florida because they wouldn't stop coming and they told them don't come. The world said, open up the beaches. Everybody said, let's go back to the party. We can go to the club now. Oh, I'm talking to believers. And everybody just go back to sleep. We back to normal. Well, sin is the same way. Drinking, smoking, having children out of wedlocks, falling into depression, rebellious toward parents, doing what you want to do, all these things, all of them. The world is just saying, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Come on, you can try it. It ain't, it ain't no big deal. Come on, you can do it. It's not gonna, you got, you got the vaccine. What, what, come on, that, I mean, I mean, really, how long you been in the house? Get out. Do it. 
the exact same thing that happened in the garden. Ah, it ain't really gonna, you really ain't gonna die. It's really not gonna be all that he said. You're just gonna know like he knows. Rock to sleep. They were rocked to see. Let me tell you, they were rocked. Adam and Eve, they was rocked right out of that garden. Just rocked to sleep. Be careful with the hand that rocked the cradle. They owned the baby. Be careful with the hand that rocked the cradle. And the world wants to rock that cradle. When I'm awake and alert, let her see I'm alert. To the subtlety of sin. No one want to wreck their lives with sin. But yet sin wrecks lives every day. Why? Because I lose my alertness. To the fact that when, I, when lust is conceived it brings forth sin. I lose my whole perception of that. Listen. Do you know how women and men. Everybody say women and men. Everybody say women and men. You know how women and men just slowly, um, how, how, how they get rocked to sleep. How a woman can rock a man to sleep and how a man can rock a woman to sleep. They just get them in an unconscious state. See, you can date somebody and get them in an unconscious state and rock them to sleep. And by the time they wake up, they're thinking to themselves, you know, I'm in a whole new location. I have a whole new life. Yeah, you were rocked to sleep. And it's male and female. See, it, when I say to rock you to sleep or get you in an unconscious state, I'm not talking about something that's brutal or something. That, it's going to be so subtle. It's going to be like I love you and you my best friend. Now go to sleep now. All into an unconscious state. And once you wake up, have you noticed you have a different life? And you're just yawning and waking up. You ain't even seen life yet. You be like, oh, oh God. Yeah, yeah, you was unconscious for months. Now you're awakening. I don't, uh, don't you stop streaming right now. It's the truth. You're just waking up. If you come, if you go off this stream, you're going back to sleep. Now you're waking up. You better grab it. Own it. Make it yours. And let me tell you, it's too late if you've been unconscious and you were rocked to sleep. It's too late. Now it's just time to wake up. Yes, you're in a new location in life. You're in a new deal. You were rocked unconscious. When I'm awake, thirdly, I am able. I am able. What are you able to do? I'm able to respond when I'm awake. When I'm awake, I'm aware of the time. When I'm awake, I'm alert to temptation. And I'm able. See, when I'm alert to temptation, I'm able to respond. Listen, when I'm awake, I'm going to do something. See, when you're awake, you're not just sitting around 
talking about I go to church and that's my church and you ain't doing nothing. You do more. It, you know, it never ceased to amaze me of the people that I see on social media. Never talk about God. And I said, Lord, do they belong to our church? Do they ever just mention God? Or, all the worldly stuff. All the natural stuff. Well, I was just doing the natural to, to be in tune with the spiritual God. Well, when are you, when are you ever going to do the spiritual? <laughs> Never hear nothing spiritual. Just all carnal stuff. And and, and 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 don't get me wrong, I ain't talking about carnal stuff is bad. I'm just saying, it's never nothing spiritual. I hear more, I see more spiritual stuff on, uh, on social media from sinners than I do from a lot of believers. All believers are posted about all the politics stuff and all the this stuff. I'm like, do they know Jesus? Well, see, I look at all that too. You know why? Because then it, not only does it make me aware of the climate, it makes me aware of the members of this church. Because, see, this is, this is behind the scenes. I know you look good in here. I'm like, Lord, do they ever just even say the name Jesus? Well, what about you? Have you ever been to my page? Please go. Because you know what you'll say? Does she ever talk about something carnal? Don't have to. I'm not there for that. But I'm just talking about in just seeing. I'm like, do they know? They talk about everything else. Listen, when I'm awake, you're doing, you're going to do something. Listen, have you ever, have you... Have you ever had somebody, most of us here, have you ever been talking to someone and like you walk in the room and maybe they were asleep or something and they wake up and they sit up and they talk to you and they, you tell them something and they about to lay back down and they say, tell me again, tell me that again when I'm awake. Like, well, tell me. And what they say, and now we know they're awake because they tell you that. But what they're saying is, tell me that again when I'm able to respond. Right now I'm laying back down. So make sure you tell me that again. But see, when you're alert and you're awake, you're able to respond. So that person that said it, even though they've said it, even though their eyes are open and they told you, tell me this again when I'm awake, they're saying, I'm not able to respond to what you're saying right now. I know, I'm coming to a close. It doesn't matter. If you've got to do what you've got to do, go do it. Because you're yawning and you're sleeping. These are for people that is coming up out of their sleep and want to. Remember what we prayed when we started. Again, when I'm able to respond. And listen, throughout this series of teaching, you will hear something that you have... You're going to hear a lot of things that you've heard before. It's safe for you. That you've heard throughout this year and last year. And I hope that when I'm telling it to you now that you're able to respond. I need you to respond. When I say able to respond, I'm talking about responding, listen, responding above or beyond the initial response. What does that mean? Just hold up. I said I want you to be able to respond beyond the initial response. 
I'm going to unpack that for you real nice. Just be still. I'm going to unpack that because you can't. Y'all know you just fell off. God just said they, they just missed the whole deal. I'm going to say it again and I'm going to unpack it for you. My beloved. I'm go- Beloved, don't get in a quench. Just be, stay with me. Come close, like I tell my grandchildren. When you see me, if I'm in a store and you're walking with me, I said, if I turn a corner, you better be right there on that corner with me. If you don't see me, you in trouble. So you need to get close. And if I turn the corner, I don't want to look back for you. You better be right here. So I don't want to go back and look for you. Where are you? You need to be right here. And if I turn the corner, you turn it right with me. And let me tell you, I got them so programmed to that they turn stepping on my feet. If I turn, they try to step on my feet to turn with me because I don't want, because Madam is going to go off if she look back and she don't see one of us. Yes, right, because you need, you don't need to be nowhere I'm not. When we're in a public place, nowhere I'm not. Somebody put on Facebook, what is one of the things that make you nervous? I said, what makes me nervous is when my grandchildren are away from me too long. I'm getting nervous because I want them close. Why? Because they have an assignment. I keep that in mind. It ain't so much, oh, I just want to be. No, no, no. Let, let me tell you. The, the hills all the way down the line have assignments. Look how young they look. I'm almost there. Now i got to find my place. Oh. I remember where I am now. I said, I'm talking about responding beyond the initial response. So many of us, we can hit the initial response. We can get it. See, Jesus told his disciples, come with me. And what was that? That was the initial deal. They was like, okay, let's go. That was the initial response. Let's go. See, they made the initial response when he said, come on and go with me. Okay, let's go. And they all went. But they were not able to stay in that state. They weren't able to stay in that state. He said, pray with me. I'm sure, I'm almost positive that when he first said that, I believe they started praying. But they fell asleep. The initial response. They started, but they couldn't stay. They couldn't, they were not able to sustain it. See, we gotta be able to sustain the initial response and carry it through. They were not able to do that. When I'm awake, let her be, I am able to respond to the correction of God. You must be able to respond to the correction of God. See, not just His instructions, but also His correction. Notice Jesus came three times. So not only did they not respond to His instruction, they were not able to respond to His correction. He came three times and told them, correcting them and saying, Now, come on. Come on, you all can do this. But when I'm truly awake, I'm able to respond to the correction of God. God don't need to have to come back to me three times to tell me the same thing. God haven't changed. I know you said that He's changed what He originally, His initial uh, word to you. No. 
you weren't able to sustain it. You weren't able to stay in that state and walk it out. That's why I told you at the beginning, all you got to do is ask yourself, have God asked you to do something you haven't done? Then you know if you prepared or not. And then I want to note this. The last one. Letter C. When I'm awake, I'm able to respond in the time that I am needed. When I am awake and alert, I am able to respond in the time that I am needed. In other words, I mean when God needs me. Ooh, please write this down. I need to be able to respond to God when He needs me and before it's too late. See, remember what He told him. He said, Sleep on now. It was too late. I'll say it again. I I need to respond to God when He needs me and before it's too late. Church, you are able to respond to the instructions of God. Have God given you some instructions? What was your response? Whatever it is, straight across the board, are you able to respond to the correction of God? When God corrected you, I want to know what was your sustained response. See, beyond the initial. What was your sustained response? But more importantly, are you able to respond in the time that is needed? See, because when he tells you, that's the time he needs you. In other words, God needs you to respond in the time that he needs you. And, but church, and I'm out of time, but God's never out of time. So ask yourself, am I prepared? Am I really prepared? Just for what we've been teaching, am I really prepared for what's next, what's coming next, and for God next, God's next move? See, we're busy thinking about I'm in love, I want to get married, I want, uh, and we done talk to people about that all, uh, all their life, and I'm trying to tell you, all of those things will come. They're not, let me tell you, that's like anything. You can always get that. Be, get on God's plan. Get on His purpose. Get on whatever God is talking. God, I need all of that. I need to be prepared. We don't want to be like the disciples were at that time. Now we know if we go back and we read, have you noticed that Paul came on the on the on on the scene and wrote the the whole rest of the Bible and different things because they they had to come out of their despondent state. Then they got it right, but it was too late. Could you imagine? It could have been a whole different outcome for them, not for Jesus. Jesus' outcome was set. But it could have been a whole outcome for them. We wouldn't be reading about Peter denying him. We would be reading about how he stood. We wouldn't be reading about who betrayed him. We'd be reading about how much money was left in the money bag. We wouldn't be reading if they were awake. But they slept. But they slept. 
It's your time to wake up. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.